Good evening. Welcome to Youth Sunday on this cold Sunday night. But we are happy that you are here. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's cold, but I'm still going to worship. What we're going to do is we're going to do it slightly different uh, tonight than normal, but we are going to open up service with uh, offering, with our tithes and our offering. And so we're going to do that and then flow straight through our worship service. And it's going to be a great time, but we have uh, some quick announcements I wanted to make everybody aware of before we got started as the ushers get ready. That we have our strawberry fundraiser that is going on right now that will fund all of our youth events and trips that are coming up. And so if you are wanting to sell strawberries for the youth, if you're wanting to volunteer, anything of that nature, let myself, let Sister Callan know, and we can get you plugged in. And all orders will be due on the 11th Sunday morning. And then on the 23rd will be our Ladies United Fellowship at the Fish Fry. And Sister Wanda Armstrong will be speaking there. And there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. And then on the 28th, our mission pledge will be due. But now we're going to say a word of prayer, all of us together. Every eye closed. And every hand lifted right now. As we enter into the presence of God the Father. We didn't come here for anything else. We didn't come here to be entertained. We didn't come here for anything, God, but you, to glorify you. So, Lord, I pray that we create an atmosphere that is pleasing for you tonight. That you come and you make yourself evident that you dwell in this place. And that you move, but, God, not only that you move, that we respond to you. Bless what's given and bless the giver and anoint the word.
praise team a hand while we're while we're up and thinking about it giving honor where honor is due appreciate them leading us into worship into the presence of God and I believe I believe that, that God honors us when we make sacrifices I believe that God honors us when we step out of what is convenient and into what we know is necessary and being here when we know that it's cold and being here when we know it's easy to stay in your pajamas that you put on and knowing that it's easy just to decide to stay home and watch some playoff football. I know, I know that God honors and rewards and God moves and I believe that's why we have such powerful experiences on Youth Sundays. And so I believe that this will be no different. I believe that God is going to move, and I believe that God is going to speak through me in spite of me and is going to bless somebody tonight. And this is a message, if you ever get curious about what we do on Wednesday nights at Youth, this is a message from a Wednesday night a few months ago that when last week was our Youth Sunday, it was supposed to be, this wasn't what I expected. I didn't plan on preaching that last week, but we're here this week, and for some reason God moved me to decide to speak on this topic and so we're going to and I'm excited for it and so what we're going to do though before we get started is just with every eye closed to extend a hand towards this pulpit that I'm not only sensitive to the direction of God but that I'm obedient to follow after it to speak his word and his ministry tonight Father, I pray that it's nothing about me, but God, it's all about you. That, Lord, we need to hear a word from you tonight. That we need to be fed a word tonight. That lives need to be turned towards you. That relationships need to be restored into you, God. And I believe that with your power, with your will, that I believe if we surrender to you tonight, that we're going to see your will be done that we're going to see lives change, that we're going to see revival take place. I believe that, God, when we surrender and get out of the way, that, Lord, you have your way. And so in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. We're going to move quickly. We have the first scripture is going to be in 1 John 2, 3 through 6. 1 John 2, 3 through 6, whenever, as you're getting it. I don't plan to be long, I never do. But I plan to be direct. And I'm excited for what God's going to do. But we have, so 1 John 2, 3 through 6, it says, This is how we know that we know Him. If we keep His commands. 
The one who says, I have come to know him and yet doesn't keep his commands is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly in him, the love of God is made complete. This is how we know we are in him. The one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. And so the title of my message tonight is Let's Go to the Zoo. It will make sense as you're seated, but turn to your neighbor as you're seated and say, let's go to the zoo. Turn to your neighbor you ignored and say, neighbor, second choice, let's go to the zoo. The zoo is a fascinating place. It's, um, we've all, have we been to the, have we all been to the zoo? Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fascinating place. It's crazy. It's because you can, you can go to, what is it, Tyler is one of the closest ones. You can go to Tyler, Texas and walk next to an elephant. Uh, you can walk alongside a lion and hippos and rhinos and all these powerful animals and all of these animals which are, for the most part, they're much stronger than, than you and I. They're, they're a lot bigger than us. They're a lot faster than us. And I think if you ever tried to convince somebody who has never experienced or has never heard of a zoo before to go with you, I, I think it's a tough sell. Because you can, you know, it's like, well, yeah, you know, you have this, this path you walk on. And on every side of you, there's these, uh, there's going to be these giant dangerous animals. And uh, you're going to walk and they're going to be on both sides of you. And you're surrounded by these massive and these like, extremely huge beasts. And there's poisonous snakes and there's lions and then there's tigers and there's gorillas and you're completely surrounded it's great I think if you offer me that to be our daily event or agenda I would send you to go by yourself uh, I'll say no thank you I'm good I'm okay I'll stay at home safely but they'll say no 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 you don't you don't understand yeah these animals they're dangerous yes they're extremely dangerous and powerful and mighty and some of them are poisonous but Although they possess this great power, you, you, you aren't in any danger by them. You see, we have, we have barriers between us. You know, we have glass walls. We have fences. We, we can see the animals, and we can hear the animals, and we can admire the animals. But don't worry, you yourself, you're not in any danger to be affected by these animals. We've seen these barriers in zoos before, right? Uh, if you've ever been to the Lufkin Zoo... It's amazing anybody walks out of there alive. I don't know. Uh, there's a, I'm not exaggerating, 1,000 foot long alligator they have. And it is so big. And the fence is I'm so small. And it's just right there. It is every time I'm like, if it wants to, I'm gone. And then it's just a long ride home for the youth group at this point. And I don't know. It is crazy that these, some of these small fences, but yet are still able to separate us from these mighty animals. And Callan and I, we had gone to the Memphis Zoo a few months back, and this is where God spoke this message to me. And we were, you know, we were walking throughout this zoo, and there was crowds of people going throughout this Memphis Zoo. And as we walked comfortably throughout and among and surrounded by all these powerful and amazing and mighty beasts that were there that could definitely you know shred me to pieces if they got a hold of me and I we saw them and we smelt them and we heard them and but at no time we were never in any sort of danger or we were never in any danger to be affected by these animals no matter how powerful 
They were, and that's when God began to speak this message to me, and he told me that too many of today's Christian relationships with me is no more than a zoo experience. And I was, you know, thinking, like, well, what, does, you know, what does that mean? And what this means is that we treat our relationship with Jesus as if it's a trip, a trip to the zoo where we can walk into church and we can see what he can do and we see what he can do and we read his word and we hear of his power and we even feel his presence and we experience it. We maybe are even in awe of what he is doing and yet we allow ourselves just enough separation, just enough space that we are in no danger of being impacted or affected or changed by that word or that power or that presence. We remain comfortable and we go home that day and yes, we might have saw great things and we, you know, we may even go home and tell our families that, wow, you know, that was, that was good, that we had some church tonight. That was, that was a great service. Pastor really brought the word. The music was so good, but yet we are no different than how we walked in before the service began. We just went to the zoo. We had a good time, but we were never in any danger of being changed or being impacted. We just looked around. Psalms 34 and 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We hear that a lot in the beginning. Taste and see that the Lord is good. But you see, it's not just enough to sense God. It's critical, yes, but to see him, to hear, taste, smell, even feel, sensing God is great and it is biblical. But at some point, there has to be a surrender. There has to be a relationship. There has to be a trust and a love to not only sense him, but to take refuge in him. Because in a world like today, when today's church is under constant pressure to conform and to compromise, when lies and deception and perversion are infiltrating every single aspect of society, we as the church cannot afford to simply go to the zoo with Jesus anymore or to have a zoo experience with Jesus anymore. We cannot afford to just see him, to just smell him, to just experience him anymore, but we have to know him. John 10, 4 through 5 says, And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. It says that they will follow after God because they know his voice, and a stranger they will not follow. You see, we cannot just hear his word anymore. We've gotten to a place in our life where we've heard word time and time again. We've heard preaching over and over. We've heard worship songs over and over, but now we're to the place where we cannot just hear the word anymore, but we have to know the voice. We have to know his voice. It's no longer good enough just to hear his word, but we have to know his voice. Know and recognize the still small voice that will direct your path. Know the voice of truth in a world of lies and of deception. We have to know him. We cannot afford to just witness him anymore, but we have to be a witness of him. We cannot afford to be to just witness him, but we have to be a witness of him. What does that mean? It's a witness shares the experience and how it impacted and affected them to others. That's what it is. But if we are to overcome what's coming against us, we cannot just simply see and hear what God can do. But if we want to overcome, we have to see what he can do, experience what he can do, taste and see 
that he is good, but then also take refuge in God and experience it, but then be changed by the experience. We have to be a witness of him, not just witnessing him, because you see, it's not only you that needs what God is doing in your life. But your world today, your friends, your family needs you to be changed by Jesus. Sometimes we say, you know, oh, Jesus needs to get a hold of them. And oftentimes they will never hear about Jesus until you speak to him. And they are depending on you having your life changed by Jesus on this Sunday night so you can walk into work full of the spirit and full of the authority of God so you can speak into their life and say, there is hope for you. You may be hurting, you may be struggling, but I experienced a life-changing experience last night in service that I know that God can move in you. He can move for you and he can move in your life. They need you to be changed by God. They're depending on you not having a zoo relationship with Jesus but being completely changed by him and whenever they need you to share that same power that he shared with you we have acts one and eight but you shall receive power after that the holy spirit has come upon you you will taste and see that he's good you will feel the power you will experience the holy ghost and it will feel great and it will feel powerful and you will overcome but not just that but then you will be my witnesses in, in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Yes, you will experience him. You will witness him, but you will be then a witness of him. Experience Jesus in his power, but then be moved by it, empowered by it, and share it. It's more than just a zoo experience. It's more than just a good feeling on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night. It's more than just knowing of God. It's about knowing God. It's about relationship going to the zoo with Jesus is a dangerous thing because it allows you to get just close enough to eternal life to see that it's good and to remain close but yet far enough to fall for deception and experience spiritual death there's two people in the Bible that I want to talk about tonight two people that seem like polar opposites but have quite a few similarities and these two people are Peter and Judas. Both of these men were disciples of Jesus. They, they followed him. They were there when miracles were performed. They were there when parables were spoken. They were there when sermons were preached. Yet both of these men betrayed Jesus. But not only that, they both betrayed Jesus in the final hours before Jesus was crucified. Judas turns Jesus over to be crucified. He betrays him and turns him over for pieces of silver and Peter he denies and he disowns Jesus publicly three times both of which betraying him when he truly needed support but there is a major difference between these two men and let's look at their stories it's Matthew 26 14 through 16 we'll look at Judas then one of the 12 the man called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priests and said, what are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? And so they weighed out 30 pieces of silver for him. And from that time, he started looking for a good opportunity to betray him. And later on in the garden, Jesus and the disciples are praying and Judas comes with the high priests and soldiers and Judas betrays Jesus and turns him over for 30 pieces of silver. And Judas, though, he was a direct witness to the miracles of Jesus. And 
He, he was there whenever Jesus fed the 5,000. Judas was there. And Judas, he took the bread and he distributed it among with the other disciples. When Jesus calmed the storm, Judas was there. He was there when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. You cannot have better evidence for faith than Judas had. He had firsthand experience, eyewitness accounts of seeing the mighty things that Jesus could do, not only for the people, but for himself as well. He heard all the teaching of Jesus. He heard the Sermon on the Mount, so he knew that there was a narrow road that leads to eternal life, but a wide road that leads to destruction. He heard the warnings that Jesus spoke to the Pharisees, so he knew that there was a hell to resist and that there was a heaven to gain. He heard the parable of the prodigal son, so he knew that Christ was ready and welcoming to forgive those who had sinned against him. With his own, his own ears, the man heard the most powerful and the most authoritative teaching. With his own eyes, he saw the clearest evidence. In his own life, he had the best example. Yet this man betrays Jesus. And why? It's because Judas' relationship with Jesus was no more than just a zoo experience. That He saw, he heard, he witnessed. I'm sure he was in awe, but he never allowed himself to get close enough or it ever passed just being an experience. But James 1.22 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Judas heard the word, but it never got into his heart. He walked through the zoo, but he was never in any danger of being changed. And what happens later on in Matthew 27.3-5, Then Judas, his betrayer, Seeing that Jesus had been condemned was full of remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders and saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And he said, then they, here's what they, they say is, what's that to us? He said, they said, see to it yourself. So this doesn't sound like my problem. What does this have to do with us? You go and handle it yourself. And so he goes, he says, and he threw the silver into the temple and departed. Then he went and hanged himself. G Judas heard sermon after sermon about God's mercy and God's grace, and yet he never knew it enough to receive it. Judas, who walked alongside Jesus for years, takes his sin and takes his shame, and he takes his 30 pieces of silver, and he doesn't run to the Redeemer with it. He doesn't run to the one who could take his sins away, but he runs to the world with it. And saying, what can you do with my sin and my shame? I've messed up and I'm coming to the world. What can you do for me? And they say, it's not my problem. But you need to figure it out yourself. And Judas, not finding any mercy and not finding any grace in the world, it sees no other option. After spending time with the way, the truth, and the life, decides to end his own life and to kill himself. How close Judas was to the Redeemer. But yet how far he allowed himself to be from redemption. How many times can we sit in sermons? We can sit in church services. We can sit on the pews and be so close to our healer. We can be so close to our deliverer. We can be so close to our redeemer. Yet we allow sins and we allow small things to separate us from what we are needing. And we go out into the world and say, what do you have for me?
What can you do for me? I'm hurting. And they, they say, just figure it out yourself and self-medicate and do all of these things. And figure it out yourself. But there's no hope in the world when we turn away from the Redeemer. How close could Judas be? Yet how far could he be from receiving it? We cannot afford a zoo experience with Jesus anymore. The world around us can't afford us having a zoo experience anymore. But we have, we have to know who he is. We have to taste and see that he's good, but we have to take refuge in him as well. But what about Peter? Peter, he also betrayed Jesus. So what about his story? Matthew 26, 31 through 35 says, then Jesus said to them tonight, all of you will fall away because of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered, but after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. And Peter told him, even if everyone else falls away because of you, I will, I will never fall away. These, these other disciples, that aren't as, they aren't as good as me. That They may, but I'm not, I'm not going to. I will never fail you, Lord. I will never fall away from you. I will never. And Jesus says to him, truly, I tell you, tonight before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. But Peter says, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. But if we go down to verse 69 through 75, now Peter is sitting outside in the courtyard and a slave woman comes to him and says, you too were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not... I don't even know what you're talking about. And when he had gone out into the gateway, another slave woman saw him and said, this is the man that was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denies it. And with an oath, he says, I do not even know the man. And a little later, bystanders came up to him and said to Peter, you really are one of them as well, since even the way you, even the way you talk gives you away and then he began to curse and he began to swear and he says I do not know the man and immediately a rooster crowed and Peter remembered the statement that Jesus had made that before a rooster crows you will deny me three times and it says that he went out and he wept bitterly Peter denies Jesus he curses and he yells and he disowns Jesus as never even Knowing him after experiencing everything that he had gone through, after walking on water with him and beginning to sink and then looking in the eyes of Jesus as his hand reaches out and catches him and pulls him back up. But then he, in the face of adversity, in the, when he said he wouldn't do it, he denies, he disowns, he curses, he swears. And when the rooster crows and Peter realized what he had done, Peter was broken by his sin overwhelmed by sin and by shame and regret and sorrow, just like Judas was. But this is where the roads diverge. This is where we can learn the difference. This is where their stories are so different. See, Peter doesn't take his sin and his shame like Judas did and take it into the world for validation or for changes in the world, but instead he knows he had heard, he had experienced, he had seen, he had tasted where he can go with his sin and his shame. He knew what he could do with his sin and with his weaknesses. And instead of running to the world with his sin and shame, Peter runs to repentance. Judas sought the world, but Peter sought grace. 
Peter had walked with Jesus just like Judas had. Walked the same paths, heard the same sermons. But where Judas kept Jesus at arm's length and never allowed it to be real in his own life, Peter's relationship with God was real for himself. It was personal. It was rooted. It was intimate. For Peter, walking with Jesus was not just a zoo experience where he walked through and thought we had a great day, but it was real life. It was a life-changing experience. And Peter knew, unlike Judas, where to go to find mercy and redemption. And although he sinned and he fell short, although he denied Jesus, he knew where his Redeemer was. He knew, hmm, he knew where to go. And now where Judas is, he's known as the betrayer. That's what he even says in the scripture. He's the traitor. He's the betrayer. And now Judas is known as this in the word, the infallible word of God, the, the one who walked with Jesus and experienced all of this is now forever known as the traitor and the betrayer. But Peter, the one who also wasn't perfect, the one who also betrayed Jesus, is it known as the betrayer? Is it known as the traitor? But it's known as the one who preached the Acts 2.38 message. The one who preached the message that birthed the modern day church. The one where thousands were added unto the kingdom because it was real to him. It was so real to him that when people said, how can I be saved? How can I, I'm, I'm pricked in my heart and I don't know what to do. Where can I go? Peter can look at them and remember when he denied Jesus. And he was at his rock bottom and he didn't know what to do. And he went and found grace and he found repentance. He could look them in the eye and say, repent. Because I did. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Because I did. And for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because I did. It's no zoo experience. It's not something I just see and I think is great. But it's something that I've allowed to change my life. Yes, I've messed up more than you can imagine. But Jesus saved me. Yes, I denied Christ three times when he needed me the most. When I told him that I would never do it. But I repented. And I'm able to be here today. And he can save you. Because it was real to Peter. It was never real to Judas. And tonight, if your relationship with God has been shallow or it's been distant, you can change that. The musicians may come. If you don't know where you stand with God tonight, maybe you're just trying to figure out a walk with God. Maybe you're just trying to figure out what church is about, but you don't have to leave here not knowing where you're going. You don't have to leave here not knowing truly where your relationship with God is. You don't have to leave this place tonight without a relationship with Jesus. You don't have to leave this place tonight without it being real for you like it was for Peter. You don't have to have another zoo experience. We've had enough of those. You've come through services time and time again and you felt the presence of God, but then you've allowed yourself to stay calloused and to stay the same, but then to remain stagnant and walk out these doors and say, maybe when I get older, I'll, I'll give everything over to God. Maybe, whenever I understand everything a little more, then, then I will. Whenever I, I figure out what every single scripture in the Bible means, then, then I will surrender to God. Whenever I'm perfect, then I'll surrender to God. tonight if 
you repent of your sins, which is saying, God, I messed up. God, I'm sorry, but I don't want to walk in sin anymore. I was weak, but God, I want to be strong in you. God, I'm turning away because that's what repentance is. It's turning from your sin. And you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You can and you will be filled with the Holy Ghost, with evidence of speaking in other tongues. You can walk out of here certain that Jesus will be with you all of the days of your life. There's too many Christian young people and there's too many just Christians in general that walk through life unsure of where they'll go. Fearful of any time maybe that they hear rumors of wars that well what if this happens and I don't know if I'm ready yet. Because I'm having a zoo experience with him where I know of him enough to know that there is a heaven and there is a hell. But I don't know him enough to know that I'm going to heaven with him. And tonight I'm not leaving here scared of the future. I'm not leaving here scared of where I'll spend eternity. But God, I want to be excited to see you. God, I want it to be real in my life. Whenever I see somebody hurting, I want to look them in the eyes and say, because he did it for me, I know he can do it for you. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and I will dine with him and he with me. Jesus doesn't want you to pass him by and to continue to live in darkness and in sin. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to fill you with his spirit. He wants to empower you to live a life of victory and joy and of hope. As as we all stand here tonight, We're all in different places in our walk with God. But we're all in the same race. So if it needs to be just in your pew, if you need to come to the altar, if you need to lift your hands to heaven, if you need to lay on your face, whatever it is, I don't know where you are with God, but God knows exactly where you are. And tonight can be and will be the last time you ever have a zoo experience with Jesus. But you can realize that tonight his power that we read in the Old Testament, his power that we read about in the New Testament, his power that we sing about during the worship service is the power that is going to move in your life when you open the door. And you say, God, I'm sick and tired of my old life. God, I'm sick and tired of my weakness. God, I'm sick and tired of not knowing and being scared. But God, I'm ready to have security in you. I'm ready to make my calling and my election sure. These altars are open tonight. But I encourage you to step out and make it real for you tonight. I'm in love Your world needs you, you to be changed by Him tonight you. so you can reach them tomorrow. I'm giving everything I'm 
some of us tonight. God's voice was crystal clear. Whether it was to step out of shame and back into righteousness, or it was just to dwell in relationship with Him that we know we've been putting off, or it was the confirmation to know that in His presence is the place that we belong. God has spoken. We felt it. We felt his presence. We've tasted and seen that his his power is here and that his power is moving. But now it's up to us to take refuge in it. To not let this be a service that we dwell on in the future and that we allow to hold us for a while, but it's the launching pad for the beginning of a new walk with God. That it's not a zoo experience anymore, but it's a real relationship where it says, I pick up my cross daily and I follow after Him. Because the presence that we felt here tonight, the freedom from sin and shame that you experienced tonight is not just what you feel between these four walls. It's not just something you see at the United Pentecostal Church of Paris, but it's something that is at your fingertips when you call on His name. And so the enemy is going to step forward, probably won't even wait until tomorrow morning, but maybe even tonight, and try to question the things you experienced, what you felt. Sin is going to try to come back. Shame is going to try to rise up. Questions are going to rise up against you again to try to discredit what happened tonight. But you look the enemy in the face and say, I have tasted and I have seen that he is good. But I have also taken refuge in him that no attack from the enemy is going to prosper. That no sin and no shame is going to take me over. That nothing is going to stop me from walking the path that he has called me into. That I'm stepping out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And this week is going to be a week of victory. This week is going to be a week of revival in your life, of growth in your life. Because you decided that it's not a zoo experience anymore. But it's real. We're going to say one final word of prayer and we are dismissed to go change our worlds. Father, thank you for your voice. I thank you for the power that we have felt. I thank you that we have tasted and seen and experienced what you are and what you do. But God, I don't want it to stop there. I want to take refuge in you I want to walk in you daily I want to walk in step with you daily so Lord as I lay down tonight let you be there to give me peace as I rest and when I wake up in the morning let you give me faith and you give me joy and strength so I can strengthen my world give me counsel in the morning so I can 
Speak wisely and with love to those that are around me. Give me discernment, God, to see those that are hurting and those that need your message. But then, God, give me the authority and the boldness to step out and to spread your message. Let it be real to every single one of us here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. As we go into our week of victory, let us know there is no victory without a battle. So don't cower, don't fear, and don't stress, but be blessed. Amen.